Football is officially back. Week one of the NFL season is this week, ladies and gentlemen. Holy smokes, are we excited. First off, how you doing? How you living? This is Austin Cunningham, joined as always with Justin Treese. Uh, We're going to be doing what we do. I don't know if we're going to do uh, a second episode this week. I think we're just going to do the initial, hey, uh, one week, let's preview what we got coming up this week, and then following next week, we'll do the old review. So let's do a little preview action here. We're going to get into all of our week one predictions to every single game, uh, picking off the spread, and then we're going to give you guys a couple DFS lineups this week. Uh, that you can get and make some money on. And then, of course, the Sunday night football prop bets that we do. Uh, Trees mentioned that they did not have them uploaded already. So the numbers that we will be using on that, he made on his own. But we might as well just call him Vegas anyways because this dude has predicted so many different trades, so many different, what is it, like releases, free agent signings. The guy just doesn't miss, and I'm sure he's not going to miss on these either. Uh, real quick, though, Trees, to, to first off, welcome you to the episode. And two, uh, are you – You've currently won both seasons that we've done the old uh, player prop bets and the wins and losses, correct? The overall season I, spread? Correct, yeah. So, so you're rolling pretty bold. cocky. Yeah, so I'm feeling confident, but I will say, if I remember correctly, and that, as I'm like, trying to scroll over to our our, – because we kept it last year. Last year was very was a lot closer. Uh, no, actually, I apologize. No, it wasn't. Um, actually, <laughs> 2019. Yeah, 2019 was closer on both, actually. Um, I mean, you I don't even, have to say anything because I, you know, no one else was looking at the history of it. They would just yeah, believe you, but oh, but here we go. Appreciate you for clarifying. You were closer on. Nope, sorry, you're you're one one further away on both. So, um, never mind. But well, there was a point in time though last year that you had me up against the ropes. And I thought you were going to end up beating me. And then you had one really bad week. I remember it was like week, like 14. Like you just like, yeah. you went like two for here. 14, like just really bad. And I ended up going like eight and eight and it kind of gave me the win there. But hey, you're coming back. You're going to come back strong this year. And mm-hmm. I fully expect you to give me a challenge. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> uh, a, a challenge yeah. this year is exactly what you're going to get, because I feel like, I'm more prepared for this season uh, in the NFL as a whole uh, than I have the past two years. So it's going to be, it's going to be on like Donkey Kong, you know, that's what the people say. So really, I, I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready for the storm that's about to come because uh, it's coming in hot. So love it. Love it. So yeah. we are what two, three minutes in now, and you have yet to mention the biggest news. Yeah. Uh, I went to visit some family this weekend in Idaho to go to a sister's wedding, and I had a a, uh, connecting flight in Salt Lake, and I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to hang out with trees. So I I land, I fly to St. Louis for whatever reason I did St. Louis. It was idiotic of me, but I got my layover in Salt Lake. Uh, Trees comes and picks me up. And I will tell you what, you gave me one of the greatest tours of Salt Lake City that you could ever get. I got to meet his wife, Jasmine, who is a wonderful, very genuine and beautiful person. And then your son, who you mentioned was going to be shy. Kid was looking at me and talking to me like he's known me his whole life, which was awesome. We were ramping cars off the couch. It was cool. Uh, the mountains, the scenery is just incredible. So I said it to Teresa in the car, and I'm going to say it here. Uh, I would like to formally apologize and take back anything negative that I have ever said about the state of Utah. Well, not necessarily everything because some stuff was justified, but a lot of the stuff that I've said on this podcast uh, saying, you know, in terms of the middle of nowhere, living in the mountains, you know, da, 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 da. It's so freaking pretty and it's so nice. The only thing that kind of stinked was the uh, the smoke from the California fires, but it was just a little hazy. That was it, though. Everything was amazing. I had in and out with the animal styled fries. Uh, holla at you, boy. I will definitely be back for that because it was absolutely delicious. And Utah, the weather, I mean, in Idaho, I was born in Idaho, but I like I was born and we moved away. And I was just like talking to my parents, like, why in the world did you move away from Idaho or that area? It is incredible. The weather was amazing. My lips got chapped as all hell because it's dry. You know what I mean? And it was like, I ain't got no moisture on my lips no more. 
like here in here in the Midwest where it's so damn humid, the stuff just you just got a little pile of sweat on your lips at all fucking times. It's ridiculous. Utah and Idaho, that was just amazing. I want to go back. Like I just I shouldn't have come back. I should have just stayed there, got a fucking tent and just stayed in the mountains. You should have. Um, I said numerous times that you should have just stayed here for this week. <laughs> bunked up in my house and you know had one week in utah we could have went and done a lot more but like you said it was awesome i actually had no idea that he had a layover here until after last episode we were like <laughs> about to sign off he's like oh by the way um i'm gonna be in utah but i only have like two and a half hours between flights and i was like oh really okay I can get a whole lot of shit done in two and a half hours um i'm like just te- text me when you land he texted me before he even got outside of the airport. I was already there waiting for him. Like you said, in and out. That's what you wanted. I was going to take you to a lot nicer restaurant, but the man wanted in and out. He's never had it. I, I can respect it. I can respect that. Next time we'll go to a better place. Um, yeah. Did a little tour around Salt Lake City, which was fun. Um, if he would have showed up one day earlier, he could have came to the Utes game with me, which was yep. a blast and disappointing that he didn't show up, but you know, Hey, Utes one and oh, we're on, we're on track. Just moving along, moved up in the AP poll today, up to 21. Uh, we'll just keep, we'll just keep climbing throughout the year. Um, looks like the, the PAC 12 South is going to be very, very difficult, which is exciting. Uh, you got you have UCLA that looked good, given LSU's dog shit. Everybody just sees mm-hmm. the name LSU. Uh, they're actually really bad, uh, but it was nonetheless impressive win there. Um, USC looking like they got multiple NFL caliber wide wide receivers. Um, ASU always tough. Um, you know you got Oregon just in the Pac-12 in general. Oregon also there. So, anyways, I know this is we're talking NFL, but. Had to bring up some some of that. You guys, you guys being Texas, looked good. Mm-hmm. Good good win yeah. against Louisiana. That was a tough yep. team. Good win there. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You guys have Arkansas this week, or is that next week? Yep, it'll be in Arkansas. We're doing like uh, some type of watch event for the other day job that I do here, which is now formed from a radio show into a podcast. But we will be having an event in Kansas City uh, to have a watch party. So... That's going to be enjoyable. And then we're going to the game on Sunday, week one, Chiefs versus Browns. But, yeah, Texas, uh, they started a freshman quarterback by the name of Hudson Card. Pretty talented, very athletic. Bijan Robinson, a guy who kind of flashed last year, but they just, for some reason, weren't giving him very many reps. Uh, Sarkeesian comes in and goes, hey, we're not, we're not going to not do that. All right, we're going to give this kid the ball. And he tore it up. Almost had 100 yards in receiving. He had over 100 yards rushing. The kid's going to be an absolute beast. Again, Bijan Robinson, number five for the University of Texas Longhorns. Be sure to keep an eye on that name if you've not heard of it. Uh, if you haven't, just pay just pay a little bit more attention. You know, we're not, I'm not going to be rude to you. Just pay attention because the kid's going to be good. But the defense is more mature. They're upperclassmen now, so I'm expecting big things from them. I'm happy for Texas. I'm expecting – um, a good season for them. I know everyone wanted it last year with the last year of Sam Ellinger, but I'm all about it for this season. Yes, it's a freshman quarterback, but we've seen other freshmen do it before. Go have a day, kid. Or go have a year. Excuse me, not even a day. Go have a freaking year. I can't wait to see this kid hopefully just take over and be the guy for Texas. It's going to be awesome. Um, but Utah in the Pac-12, you mentioned it, Trace. I was wondering today, like, who do you think is going to win the Pac-12 just off of week one? Like, after what? That looked like, who do you think is just going to be the team this year? Is it going to be UCLA? Is it going to be Utah? Is it going to be Oregon? I feel like those are the three teams that you can really point at and look. USC, of course, needs to be in the discussion, but I don't know where they're at in terms of defense. You know, we we know about the quarterback. We know about the receiving room. The offensive line is kind of iffy, but that's where my question is for you who lives in Pac-12 country. Who do you got out of, what did I say, Oregon, UCLA, and Utah? Yeah, I actually say it's going to be USC or Utah. I think it's those two. Okay. Uh, I know UCLA looked fantastic. Obviously, it was a very impressive win. 
Um, they they bullied LSU, right? Like they just played bully ball a little bit. And in the Pac-12, UCLA is known for the one getting bullied, not the one doing the bullying. So um, maybe they maybe they, everything changes this year. But um, I mean, Utah has their number. USC usually beats them. Oregon might just be too fast. You know, it's just a. I think it's out of those two. Uh, UCLA does look good, but I still see UCLA as like a four, three, four loss team. Um, I think Oregon comes out of the North pretty easily, especially because it looks like Washington and Stanford are not very good this year um, Mm -hmm. after two brutal losses. Um, Just the North is going to be tough, right? You have, you have Arizona state, you have UCLA, you have USC, you have Utah, and you have Colorado, who's just like one of those teams that just sticks around. Um, then you have Arizona, but Arizona looked like shit. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with USC or Utah. They actually play the week before Halloween. Sorry. I'm looking at their schedule after, uh, uh, or sorry, well before two weeks before, um, the 10th, 9th, the 9th, October 9th. So just <laughs> like three weeks I'm trying to like do the math here, but when's Halloween minus, Divide it by two. That's how math works, right? Um, One week after, the week before. I mean, two weeks before. It's three weeks away. <laughs> yeah, it's actually yeah, it's actually three math. weeks away. <laughs> math, it's tough. But yeah, October 9th, that's going to be a showdown. Uh, so be interesting to see how that plays out. But yeah, so it's going to be exciting. Um, there's going to be some gr- – it's awesome because there's some great college games this, this week as well that are going to distract the weekend to make it so Sunday goes better. And Obviously, you have your thing with Texas and Arizona with your poultry uh, other podcast that we won't talk about. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, then we got, we got the Holy War here in Utah. It's BYU versus Utah this weekend. Um, and actually the last time we play for a couple of years because we said – enough with BYU because we beat them all the time. Let's actually play university of Florida. So we actually play Florida the next two years. And then I think we have Wisconsin in, in a couple of years from that. And then LSU after that. So we're actually improving our um, non-conference schedule, which is great. But why don't you guys yeah. just go join the big 12? Oh, cause the PAC 12 is better than the big 12 now. That's fair. Uh, yeah. So let's just go ahead and get into the NFL. I'm not going to put myself in any more positions to get freaking uh teased but i guess you're right because texas and oklahoma are leaving the big 12 too that's like this thing sucks we're going to the sec that is uh, why i said now <laughs> if, if texas and oklahoma were there then i can consider it but the moment they left like i i'm still a believer that like most i'm sorry i know we want to talk about the nfl but so most teams in the big 12 have been pretty vocal about like hey we're gonna you know like they're trying to do x y and z a team that i haven't seen anything and maybe i just missed it was like west virginia I feel like they've been just super quiet where I'm like, that team's going to like sneak into like the big 10 without anybody even realizing it. And then all of a sudden they're just going to be there. And it's just gonna be like, Oh shit, West Virginia moved. And it's just going to be there. I feel like that's how it happened with the big 12 too. It's like one year you turn on the TV and it's like, when the fuck did they become big 12? Yeah. Like who gave them the patches to put on their jerseys? Like that's that. What? No. I bet that's how it happens, actually. That's a good point. Um, so let's get into week one. I think we're probably, what, 10, 15 minutes into this bad boy already. Uh, we are talking football, but mainly primarily focus on the NFL. And week one is starting this week, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be an exciting one. And right off the gate, we get Dallas Cowboys visiting the defending Super Bowl champions and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa is favored by eight. And I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I think... The Cowboys losing Zach Martin this week with him possibly not getting to play. It was due to COVID, correct? So he's and then there's not been any update uh, with that from what I've seen at least. So just going to go with the assumption that he is unable to play and is not there. That defensive line for Tampa is good. They're returning all 22 starters. I think you just look at this team and they're they're more ready to go. And when you look at the Cowboys, you know, you got to get Zeke rolling again, you know, at his new body weight. How is he looking? Dak Prescott, of course, not necessarily with the ankle or the leg. It's more so his shoulder. Now, how is that feeling? Is that pain gone? Is he good to go? And then that just the defense in itself is a question mark. You know, Micah Parsons, who they drafted, they went after some corners as well, attacked the secondary through the draft, which is nice. But asking those guys to step up and make a huge difference week one against Tom Brady in that offense, that's a tough ask. So Tampa Bay favored by eight. Um, I actually think the Bucs win by double digits. So. 
Yeah, so do I. Um, I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game, though. I actually think that it's going to be something like the Bucks just get out to a huge lead, and then the Cowboys kind of make a late run in the sense of the Bucks start running the ball. They start, you know, Cowboys stop them, and then they go and score. But it, like, it's, it was never really close. Um, that's that's kind of the worry of why I didn't want to take Tampa Bay at eight, but I'm still going to take them at eight. I I agree with you there. The Bucks are just a better team. I mean. Tom Brady's going to make it a vocal point to like show that he still got it. Um, and he's going to probably have like four passing touchdowns. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Cowboys defense plays out. Like you said, revamp defense. They brought in Dan Quinn, who's primarily a four, three guy, but they're going to be running three, four because they have like you said, Parsons, they have Jalen Smith, they have Van Der Esch, and then they brought in uh, Keanu Neal as well and moved him to linebacker. So they're playing those four as their linebackers. And then they have, you know, they have some talent at defensive line. Um, Demarcus Lawrence is being the main one there, but I still just don't trust the DBs at all. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to do that. Speaking of that, Cowboys, Hard Knocks season finale tonight. Uh, we've yet to talk about Hard Knocks at all, um, which is weird because the last two years, like we've like usually started off episodes talking about that. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I'm also going to take the Bucks. Uh I think CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper both have big games, though. Like, if you're talking fantasy-wise, I think they both end up with some good, good games. Um, and then I can see it just being the Evans and Godwin show for the Bucks. So, Absolutely. Uh, speaking of hard knocks, so before we move on, like, yeah, we haven't talked about it, but to be fair, I think, and this isn't, like, directed towards you, Trees, but just in general, it's like there hasn't really been much to talk about. It's been kind of boring. Like the coolest thing I feel like we've gotten out of it is the drone shot. And the clip out that came at this afternoon with uh, Dick's son meeting Dak Prescott and he calls him Patrick Mahomes. And he was like, ah, oh, you're not Patrick Mahomes, you're Dak Prescott. And he's like, it's so nice to see you. Like that's going to be the cutest and best part of Hard Knocks tonight, in my opinion. I'm going to watch it, but I'm not excited for it. I, I think I have probably liked it more than most people. Why? I don't know. I just felt like, I guess I feel like it's been more football related this year and not these like weird one-off stories that like other years have had. Obviously they have have, like the Camaro guy this year, but like they really had, like our biggest complaint has always been like, focus on the stars. Like we want to see the stars. We don't want to see the guys that are about to get cut this year. They focused more on the stars and I'm not talking about the stars as in the Cowboys. I'm talking about like the players anyways mm-hmm. um but yeah i don't know i guess i i kind of i'm not saying it's been the greatest one ever because it clearly hasn't but i've enjoyed every episode i think i think it's been good honestly i wish there was more jerry jones that's a good point i mean you're really just signifying the fact like you can't make everybody happy you know yeah like the, everybody will always have something to complain about right like Again, we wanted stars. Now they show the stars. Now we're like, ah, this is kind of boring. <laughs> yeah. Like, so that's wonder what point. though. It it gets us through October. I said October through August, right? Like that's the point. That of is our true. Doctor. It gets you through August, so then you can start watching real football come September. So yep. And I feel like the month of August flew by. Uh, yeah. Again, week one preview here. We're doing our predictions. Cowboys versus Bucks opening up. We both picked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defending Super Bowl champs. The next game we will be watching is the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Atlanta to face the Falcons, where they're only favored by three. I am going to take Atlanta in this game just due to the fact is I have no idea what the Eagles are going to be. Like, this is a team that could walk in in the first half. They lose everybody in the offensive line, and their receivers are hurt, and we're all looking at Jalen Hurts like, this guy stinks. Or they're going to be really good and flying around. They're going to be running the ball efficiently. The offensive line is going to be powerful uh, in making a difference because that defensive line for Atlanta doesn't really have much. But the difference for me was the the Eagles' defense. I want to see it before I believe it, you know. And when I look at Atlanta's offense, the only thing that I kind of see and go, eh, not really a fan of that, is the running back Mike Davis. And it's just because he's old and we already kind of know who he is. And they have a new head coach with the play calling. But I think it's going to be fine. I think that offense is going to get it figured out. And they're going to be a fun team to watch. I don't know how good they're going to be this year. But for this initial game and this initial week, I'm taking the Falcons 
just due to the fact that the only question mark I had was Mike Davis and the receivers. They're all on, you know, they all have their relationship with Matt Ryan already, aside from Kyle Pitts. And I'm sure Matt Ryan, being the veteran that he is, got him ready to go for the season. And they're already on a connection, and they'll be just fine. Yeah. This was one of the tougher games uh, to pick here uh, throughout the week. But I'm actually going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles at plus three. Um, I still don't know if they win this game, but I'm going to just say it's it's a one to two point game if they do lose. Uh, I like the Eagles offense against this Falcons defense. I, I really do. I think the speed of the Eagles is going, going to cause some problems there. Uh, the Falcons, what makes me worried that the Falcons could run away with this is you kind of mentioned it. New head coach with um, Arthur Smith, and he is a master in the red zone. Like Titans last two years have like set records for most efficient teams in the NFL for inside the red zone, which is funny because that's always been the Falcons problem, right? Like the whole story is Julio Jones can't score in the, you know, in the red zone. And, you know, it's because they're so bad there. And now they get the, maybe the best play caller for in the red zone and they trade him away. Um, And the way that Calvin Ridley runs routes, I was high on him in fantasy this year. Like, I think that he's going to score a ton of touchdowns just the way he runs routes. Um, And then I also think that Pitts is just going to be a nightmare um, by matchups. So um, that does make me worried a little bit, but honestly, I think that Jalen Hurts comes out and I mean, has a fair amount of rushing yards here. I would not be surprised if he gets close to a hundred rushing yards this game. Like a hundred rushing yards probably ends up with like 200 passing yards. Um, so not a ton of passing yards, a very Lamar Jackson esque type game, but it gets the job done. So I'm going to take the Eagles there, um, at plus three. Uh, let's move on. We have the Steelers at the bills. Uh, bills are six and a half point favorites against the Steelers. Um, first off, News came out today that the Steelers are playing hardball with TJ Watt. Um, not the smartest move, Steelers. Not no. smart. You, top 10 player in the NFL, and you're not willing to give him guaranteed money over past the first year? Get out of here. <laughs> he will He will leave anywhere and get paid. He will become the highest paid defensive player in the NFL in a hurry <laughs> with yep. 60 to 70% of it guaranteed. So uh, just, just be careful there. Um I'm going to take the Bills. Um, again, I had them as the number one seed heading into the uh, playoffs. Everybody's starting to come out with their stuff, and I've realized that like that was not – not that I thought that was a, heart, a, a hot take, but I did still think a lot of people were going to be taking the Chiefs. But actually now it seems like a lot of pe- more people are taking the Bills. So, like, honestly, you're on the opposite side of, like, maybe you're the one going out in the lane, by, which is weird just because it's the Chiefs, and they're obviously amazing. Um but yeah, I'm going to take Josh Allen to just continue to do what he does. Um, and even though this de- the Steelers defense is tough, but I think the biggest difference is the Bills defense are going to just cause turnovers from the Steelers offense and have short fields. And that's where Josh Allen is going to capitalize. I actually don't see Josh Allen and watch it. me have to eat my words here. I don't see Josh Allen going a bunch of 80 yards and scoring um, series. I think like most of his of drives. Yeah, on drives. Like okay. I think most of their scoring is because of a turnover or they pin them deep and they end up, you know, Steelers have to punt. They start the ball on like the 50-yard line, you know, like very short fields is when he's going to capitalize. Um, I just don't – I think the Steelers' defense is good enough that like the even for how good the Bills' offense is, I don't see a ton of 80-yard drives basically. That's a good point, especially with the defense that the Steelers are going to have. But I'm looking at the defense for the Bills, and I think they'll be just fine uh, facing this offense for uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, excuse me, mainly just because of Big Ben. Now, he's probably going to be fine this week one because he's not going to have a whole season of being beaten up. But that offensive line being new uh, is a question mark for me. But I'm going to take Buffalo. They're favored by six and a half here. They get the game at home. It's week one. The last game that they played was a lost in the AFC Championship game. This is going to be their redemption season. Trace, you mentioned how players are, excuse me, not even players, just media members are picking the Bills over the Chiefs uh, in terms of season rankings um, and everything like that. And just to be honest, that's perfectly fine. It doesn't bother me. The way the Chiefs looked in that the Super Bowl game was bad. And I'm sure they've been paying attention, but 
I'm also pretty sure that they haven't seen kind of how that offensive line is look, how it looks and how well they've been playing together and the chemistry that seems to be there just through the preseason uh, and all through camp, which is exciting if you're a Chiefs fan. But with the Bills, the experience is there. They're going to be ready to play. They're favored by six and a half. I think they win this game by 10. Um, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be exciting with the Bills pull away late. And boom, there they go. Next up, I'm sorry, Teresa, a little bit of a snooze fest. The Jacksonville Jaguars going to Houston to face the Texans, where Jacksonville is favored by two and a half. I'm going to make this short and sweet. I'm taking Jacksonville. I have no idea what there is to be excited about for the Houston Texans, aside from Nico Collins. That's it. The Jaguars have every reason to be excited. You got Trevor Lawrence, DJ Shark is back. LaVishka Chanel has been balling out through camp and preseason. The defense, let's see what you're ready to do. Once again, led by Miles Jack. This is just one of those years and one of those moments for Jacksonville where it goes, okay, hey, we got our quarterback. Let's see what they can do. Oh, and just a whole new era with Urban Meyer as your head coach. Yeah. Um, I obviously am going to be taking the Jags as well here. Uh, I just think that the Texans are just going to be so bad this year. Um, yeah, snooze fest for, I think, for most people, I guess you could say that. But I'm super excited to see how the Jags offense actually runs. They were so vanilla in preseason. Um, they kind of opened it up a little bit against Dallas in that final preseason game. And, like, Trevor Lawrence looked amazing, right? Like, you mm-hmm. went, like – I don't even remember what it was 16 for 17 with two touchdowns uh, and like 150 yards, something like that. Like unreal. Like if they can keep that. And that was with like, everybody's like, Oh yeah, that was against Dallas's backup defensive start or Dallas's defensive backups, but no starting offensive lineman started for the Jags, DJ Chark and Marvin Jones were out. So I'm like, you had LaVisca Chenault and a tight end. Mm -hmm. Like those were the only two start. Oh, and James Robinson. So you had, you know, you only had three other starters besides Lawrence on the, on the Jags offense. And they were still doing that. So uh, I'm super excited just to see how it all plays out. Um, Jags. I actually like the start of their schedule a little bit. I mean, they get Denver next week, which will be tough, but I think that, you know, Jags could pull that one out. I don't think they beat the Cardinals. And then they got the Bengals on Thursday night. I'm like, if some, if it goes right smoothly in game one, like things could start off right for the Jags. Um their schedule gets very tough later on, but like, I, I think we could see some early season success before um, it really gets tough. Um, Absolutely. All right. And speaking of the Texans real quick, sorry, trees, they yeah. just signed a receiver, Danny Amendola. So look out for that difference maker for the, uh, the Houston Texans offense. <laughs> nice to go, to go along with their six running backs that they've started or they've kept. Um, all right, let's go to actually, I actually think this game could be, kind of a snooze fest which is weird i just don't i don't know i got vikings at Bengals. vikings are three-point favorites you obviously have joe burrow there which is exciting but i'm like vikings have looked like complete dog shit in preseason Bengals have looked like complete dog shit this season i could just see this being a sloppy game um when it's all said and done i'm gonna trust dalvin cook and i'm gonna trust justin jefferson adam adam thielen um, to go off. Um, I know we're going to talk about DFS later, but Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, those are two guys that I'm going to be trying to get into my lineups a lot this week. Um, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take Minnesota here. Uh, I just don't, I, you have to see it from Joe Burrow before we can do anything. Right. Absolutely. Uh, but I am, I'm going to take Joe Burrow in the Cincinnati Bengals here, just due to the fact that it is at home. Joe Burrow is returning. I know the Vikings, they added Patrick Peterson uh, in free agency, but it's just one of those situations where I don't trust the rest of that defense. Like, outside of Daniel Hunter, what do you have in terms of a pass rush? Uh, I believe they brought on uh, Hendrickson, correct? Or Henderson, the, Hendrick, the defensive the, pass rush from the, New the Orleans. Bengals, the Bengals did, yes. The Bengals did? The Bengals have Hendrickson, yeah. That even goes my point further for the Bengals. For some reason, I thought it was the Vikings. I was correct on it being up north. But they brought, anywho, they brought in Dalvin Tomlinson from the Giants. Okay. Okay. Yep. All right. I'm on track with you now. Still picking the Bengals. Again, with Minnesota's defense, the only worrisome thing that 
there is to fear, in my opinion, right now is Patrick Peterson, but he is older and the receiving weapons that Cincinnati has. Joe Mixon's coming back. I know there was reports of their offensive line. One of their guys uh, came into training camp out of shape, which is just really, really stupid by you. You're an NFL player. Be better than that. He's not even getting the starting role now. It's the guy they drafted a couple years ago. Um, so you never like to see that, especially with the season starting in like five days from now. Uh, just just be better, bro. Like, you're smarter than that. You know, you've made it this far. Like, come on, dude. So you're still picking Cincinnati. Sorry, you were talking about uh, Jackson Carmen from Clemson. Yes. That's the offensive lineman. Sorry, I, I just wanted to say the name. Sorry. Okay. Yep. Appreciate you. Uh, still picking Cincinnati. Again, Minnesota's favored by three. It's whatever win Cincinnati gets in. I'll take the dub on that. Thank you so much. Our next matchup, the San Francisco 49ers, led by Jimmy Garoppolo for right now, are making the trip to Detroit to face the Lions, where San Francisco is favored by seven and a half. I'm going to take it, but I'm very, very interested to see what this, this entire team looks like for the Lions. You know, new head coach in Campbell is going to be a little different. We've already heard his biting kneecaps off tone. We've seen him doing up-downs in training camp with the team. There's going to be some guys that are buying into it and are super hyped, and there's going to be other guys going, who the hell is this guy, and why is he my head coach? If you're winning football games, it's not going to matter. If you're losing, you're going to hate it, even if, if you haven't liked it so far. So I'm interested to see what the lines are going to look like. But the 49ers, I think there's just too much returning for that team. You got Brandon Ayuk, you got Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Mozart, and that defense, which is going to be led by a new defensive coordinator. It's just going to be too much for, for the lines to handle. So I'm running away here with San Francisco in week one. Yeah, me too. I think this is a blowout. Um, I think. Honestly, I, I've, I've been trying to think like, okay, who do I want to start in like fantasy or not or in DFS for them? Most are obviously, but I'm like, man, Sermon's cheap as hell and he's probably going to have a touch yet. I'm like, shit, Debo's probably going to have one. Shit, Kittle's yeah. going to have one. I'm like, honestly, every skill player might have one. Like I could legit see Sermon, Mostert, Debo, Kittle, and Ayuk, all five of them having a touchdown. Like nobody having multiple, but maybe all of them having one. Like I legit could see that. Um, so you think the 49ers put up almost 40 points? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I would say maybe 35-7, 35-10, like somewhere in that area. I don't know why I'm whistling because I agree with you on San Francisco again. That's just a huge difference in terms yeah. of the production that the Lions would have on offense. Uh, let's get to our next game, though. The Arizona Cardinals traveling to Tennessee – uh, or excuse me, yeah, Tennessee to Nashville to face the Titans. Uh, Titans are favored by three. <sighs> this is tough. No, it's not. I'm taking the Cardinals. Too much on offense. I think that's it. The defense is going to be fine. I like what the Titans have. My only thing is, is, what does this offense look like? You know, you lose your head coach. What's the play caller? I know the guy that they brought up, his name I don't have in front of me, so excuse me. Um, also likes to run the ball. He's been kind of groomed for the system uh, in this type of offense. So I think they'll be fine in terms of that. But just how does this defense look in terms of a young secondary when you have Arizona who has Kyler Murray in his third year, you have DeAndre Hopkins, you have A.J. Green, and then you just have speed everywhere else in terms of the receiver position. I know running back, you don't have anything to really fear from Arizona, but those receivers and that passing game of Kyler Murray, if it's going, is very dangerous. Yes, it is. Uh, I also am taking the Cardinals. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So, um, my only reason, fuck the Titans. That's it. That's my only reason. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, so, Going on to DFS talk, I'm sorry, everybody. This this is how it's going to go. I'm going to talk a lot about DFS and fantasy this year. We kind of gave you guys the heads, heads up a couple weeks ago. So DFS, when I've been successful, and a lot of people, it's not like I'm the only person, a lot of people do this. Um, it's there are There's data showing that stacking players and even double stacking players and having a follow, a, a quick follow, um, or a run it back, some people call it, um, is the key to winning. So what that means is stacking, you have two guys from the same team. So example, 
I'm going to have Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins in a lot of my lineups. Meaning I think that the Cardinals get up and I think it's because of those two a lot. If I want to double stack, I could bring on somebody else as a flex. I'm going to do this in some of my lineups. I'm going to have Kyler. I'm going to have Hopkins. And then I'm going to go super cheap with Rondell Moore. So I think Rondell Moore ends up having a huge role. So he's basically taken over the Larry Fitzgerald role. Mm -hmm. Larry Fitzgerald last year averaged five and a half targets per game, all basically at the line of scrimmage. And we all know Larry Fitzgerald, one of the all-time greats, but was on his last leg, right? Like it was just like seven to 10 yard things. You give it to Rondell Moore, a dude that has burst, a dude that can break tackles. This dude is going to come up with some massive games. We talked about this when we were talking about like long shots, rookie of the year. Rondell Moore was was one of my calls. Um, I think that that's a perfect double stack there. And then, the you know if everything plays out correctly this is why you can win big is say the cardinals get up big and it's because of those guys let's just say that hopkins does what he did week one last year right he had like 14 catches for 150 yards right and then let's Mm -hmm. say rondell moore ends up with sure three catches but two of them end up being touchdowns because it's like these bubble screens towards the you know close to the end zone and then if Kyler does what he did last year, week one, I think he had close to hundred rushing yards last year. All of those guys just boomed, right? They get up early and now the Titans are having to pass to try to catch up. Cardinals start playing soft, just saying we're not going to get beat over the top, but then you have wide receivers racking up yards. Let's say you go for a AJ Brown or, or Julio Jones, and then they end up just getting a ton of yards. Now, even though you had three or four guys from one game, you can still win massive because they're all doing great. You just have to predict what game is going to run like that. And we all know the NFL, there's going to be two or three of those every single week. Like that's just how it goes. You got to just get, you just got to guess it. So one of my favorite stacks is for sure. Kyler with Hopkins. I'm doing the double stack with Rondell Moore on some, some I'm not. Um, And then I'll follow up with either AJ Brown or Julio. Julio's a little cheaper, but um, I'm trying to get AJ Brown in there. Luckily with me going Moster on some lineups, I actually have the extra money to go Hopkins and AJ Brown, which is nice. So um, long story short, sorry, everybody. I'm taking the Cardinals. Don't be sorry. I'm learning a lot. I'm taking notes. Excuse me if I was all over the place here as you were talking. I'm writing this shit down. Uh, next game, though, the Seattle Seahawks traveling to Indianapolis to face the Colts, where the Seahawks are favored by two and a half. Uh, I don't think we've had any update or news on Carson Wentz on if he's playing or not. Trees, have you heard anything? If I missed this somehow over the weekend? No, I think he's playing. I think he's good to go. Carson Wentz is playing. I mean, he got, he's off. The, he got off the COVID list um, over the weekend. There ain't no way he's playing, though. I'm going to be very shocked if he's playing week one. Okay. I, I don't know why you'd be so shocked. I'm, I'm, I'm con- sorry. I'm just confused on that. Cause he, I mean, he really wasn't even practicing. He wasn't in full practices or anything uh, before he had COVID. He was still like, we're going to take it day by day. See how the foot reacts and everything from the surgery. Yeah, maybe. Um, honestly, well, dang, this know. puts me in a, we'll either way, just, just because it's week one and it'll be short. I don't think the Colts should play Carson Wentz, even though he's been released uh, from the COVID IR list. I just – I would much rather give him the week off, give him some more time to kind of heal and let that foot be fine before you come in and face a team like the Seahawks, who offensively I think will be just fine. Defensively, we'll see where they're at again. They lost some guys this offseason along the defensive line and in the secondary. I think they'll be okay. But if the Colts are not playing Carson Wentz, don't even got to worry about it. I'm taking the Seahawks' favorite two and a half. Man, we are kind of going chalk. I mean, we only have like two games difference. But I'm also taking the Seahawks. And honestly, I'm not going to even add anything else. Um, Those are my exact reasons as well. Um, So, plain and simple there. Let's move on. Probably the, the game I'm most excited about this weekend. Chargers at Washington. Uh, this game is going to be awesome with the Chargers offense versus the Washington defense. It is going to be so much fun to watch. Um, have you seen the uh, videos of Justin Herbert and how like he tries to avoid the media mm-hmm. and stuff? So funny, dude, that dude's hilarious. Yeah. 
when he switched numbers with yes. uh, Daniels. Daniels. And they like so <laughs> they pan over to him stretching, and I was like, you know, I kind of like the number seven on him. It looks a lot cooler than ten. No way. I like I like the ten. I disagree there. So um, honestly, this is this is going to be intense. Um, fantasy wise, Eckler is going to have a huge game just because this pass rush is going to be getting after Justin Herbert. He's going to have to dump it off. So I see I see a lot of short routes for Eckler and Keenan Allen there. Um, Washington Gibson's going to you know be a stud there. It's going to be fun to see what Fitz does there. <sighs> My gut tells me to take Washington here, but like my brain tells me to take the Chargers. Um, I think it's going to be, I just think this game is going to be good. I mean, at minus one, it's basically a pick them at this point. I'm going to take the Chargers, but honestly, would not be shocked at all if Washington wins this game. I'm going to take the Chargers just because everyone's healthy right now. I'm excited to see what this offense looks like for Washington, though. Um, kind of the same reasons that, you know, I believe we're probably on the same page with, you know, Curtis Samuel joining the team, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, Logos Thomas came on strong at the tight end position for them. And they have a quarterback who's not going to be scared to throw the ball down the field uh, in Ryan Fitzpatrick, which is great in that defense. They're also getting back to their stud safety. Um, Therese, go ahead and let everyone know what his name is in case they've forgotten, because I feel like this is a guy – People Derwin have James. forgotten. Derwin James? For Washington? Oh, sorry. I thought you said for the Chargers. My bad. For Washington. Landon Collins? Yes, sir. Massive human being, by the way. He's not as scared to hit. And if you're these Chargers receivers, keep your head on the swivel because this guy will be there in an instant. I'm mainly just hyping him up so much because I've met him in person and he's such a cool dude. And once again, he's freaking massive. He's my size playing safety in the NFL it's insane. I still can't wrap my head around it. I just was almost terrified realizing that this guy's a safety in the NFL. That's how good he is. But you you mentioned Derwin James. That's another thing here with the Chargers that makes me excited is you get him along with Kenneth Murray. You get both along the defensive line. You know, that secondary that the Chargers have is is sneaky good. I don't even know if we can say sneaky. It's just good. The guys that don't get talked about are still good players, you know, Nasir Adderley is a really good safety guy that we got to see in Mobile. Uh, their corners, you know, you got Chris Harris Jr. There's just talent all over the field, and it's fast, and they're going to be good. It's just they got to stay healthy, and that's it. So I'm going to take the Chargers week one. They're only favored by one, making the trip across the country. Um, I'm not too worried about weather at this point of the year. I think it'll be all right. It's something I usually look into and put some type of stock in. But week one, I will take the Chargers. Let's get into the next game since I ran it there for a bit. I'm sorry, Therese. Uh, the New York Jets, led by old Mr. Zach Wilson, is going to go face the Carolina Panthers, where Carolina's favored by five. And I think this is Sam Darnold's revenge game, where it's just like a big FU middle finger to the front office and to just the city of New York. In terms of like a, you gave up on me too soon, you didn't give me any freaking help, you draft another quarterback – who all of a sudden has more playmakers on offense. The attention of the offensive line was given, and the defense has some guys coming back that have just been injured and unable to play while I was the quarterback. Look at what I got. I got some good receivers. I got Robbie Anderson over here. Don't know if you guys forgot about him. He's pretty freaking good, too, and we're really good friends. I got DJ Moore. I got a young tight end who I like to throw the ball to. Never had that in New York, so – F you once again. Oh, and look at our nice, young, studded field defense. Carolina wins this by 10. Now, everything that I just praised for the Jets, I hope it works out well. This is a team who, this is going to sound really silly, but I'm going to be honest with you guys because that's what I like to be. I have started a franchise with the New York Jets, so they have then created a soft spot in my heart on what they could be if it all goes well. So I'm rooting for Zach Wilson. I'm rooting for Corey Davis. I'm rooting for the offensive line to stay healthy. And I'm rooting for the defense to just figure something out and be efficient. That's it. That's the truth about the Jets. But I'm picking Carolina. I feel like I started the bandwagon of the of the Carolina Panthers this year. Um, I'm not taking Carolina to cover. I think the Jets, I think the Jets keep this close. 
I think Robert Robert Sala ends up changing this defense up. I love uh, Mike LaFleur as their OC. I am saying I still believe the Panthers win this game. I just don't believe they win by more than five. I think that this is a field goal game. I think that Zach Wilson, Corey Davis, this offense ends up keeping this stuff close. I will say you brought up, you know, revenge for Sam Darnold. I think he gets it because I think that he has a last minute drive to get him into field goal range to end up winning the game. So I think he still gets that. I just think the game's a lot closer than what you, you were kind of just describing there. So give me the J E T S jets, jets, jets. I'm just, I'm not mad. I'm just sad. I'm not disappointed. I'm just sad. Like I thought I was conducting the train for you to just keep it rolling. I'm not even conducting it because you're conducting. I was just throwing coals in the fire so we can speed this puppy up for Carolina. And you come in saying, when are you going to make it? Why am I working my ass off this hard if we're not going to make it? Oh, see, that's, that's what I want to know. That's the difference between you and I. You, you go for the style points. I'm going for just the wins, right? Like they're still going to win. They're still going to, they're still going to be one and oh. Like, I mean, shit. Niners, they're going to win by 28, right? Jet or Panthers, they might only win by two, but you wonder what? They're both one and oh. It doesn't matter. They still get yeah, a victory fair, Monday. But- now my back hurts. I, I put too many coals on the fire on the train, and no one's gonna be able to slow us down. And we're gonna crash just, and burn. Just you wait, dude. It's gonna. It, we're gonna be speeding up here in a hurry after this. All right. Um, well, all right. Your team. This is the yes, sir. CBS Tony Romo game. The game. One of the best games of the year last year in the playoffs. You have the Cleveland Browns versus the Kansas City Chiefs. It is going to be intense. Uh, everybody's seen the stat that's been going around lately. The Browns are like, oh, 15 and one the last 16 years in week one. Yikes. Um, joke, the guy that we love out of Notre Dame linebacker slash safety, who is now playing safety, but that's what he was at coming out of the draft. Been great in preseason. He decided to say some comments today, or maybe it was yesterday. I don't remember. Um, some ones that I wouldn't say. Uh, heading into my first game of the season when you're about to face the best tight end in the football. But hey, you do you have the confidence. I love it. But sometimes just have the confidence and silent um, until you have certainly proved it. He basically said that he has confidence that he can slow down or shut down Travis Kelsey. Yikes. Um, sorry, I didn't even say the spread of the game. I apologize. It's a six point spread for Kansas City, which is actually higher than I would have thought. I honestly would have, like when I was writing this down, I thought it was going to be like three, three and a half. Um, yeah. Six, six is a lot. Um, it kind of makes me want to take the Browns there, but uh, I'm not going to. I'm going to take the Chiefs. Um, I think that Patty Mahomes, uh, he's like, hey, we didn't score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Uh, let's score a lot more to make up for it, especially this first month of the season. So give me the Chiefs, and I don't care that it's six points. Okay, uh, Andy Reid in his coaching career is 8-0 against the Cleveland Browns. Patrick Mahomes has yet to lose a football game or throw an interception in the month of September. Anthony, or excuse me, Andy Reid does not lose week one matchups. He doesn't lose by uh, games after the bye week. This offense, hello, Mr. Patrick Mahomes. It's a revamped offensive line. That defense is going to be even better than it was last year. I think it's going to, it's severely underrated at this point. LeJerry Sneed's going to ball out. Willie Gay's going to miss the a, a couple of weeks due to injury because he's on the IR with turf toe. Uh, Tyron Matthew, it's another one of those situations of COVID. I haven't heard an update on it or seen one. So that's still in question. But everything that I said at the beginning of my rant, still holds as much value as those other question marks in terms of the defense when playing the Cleveland Browns. I think the Chiefs not necessarily roll the Browns, but they just show, hey, yeah, we're the superior team here in the AFC. Here's just a quick reminder. I know you guys and your fans are getting uh, a little ahead of yourselves because you finally picked up a, a playoff win against, oh, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers who just absolutely shitted themselves in the playoffs thanks to Big Ben off for performance. 
like Kansas City is going to be right here to remind you. Yeah, you kept up with them in the pre uh, in the playoff game, but that's because Patrick Mahomes went down with a freaking choke, cold, knockout, concussion, whatever you want to call it. He's going to be here this game. He's pissed off. He's embarrassed of what the Super Bowl looked like. This entire team is not just him. They don't lose week one matchups. And first off, I'm going to be there. Chiefs favored by six. Stamp it on a double-digit victory here. All right. Hey, spoken like a true Chiefs fan right there. I love it. Um, let's move on. Division game. Um, <clears throat> I wish this game wasn't the 2 o'clock game. Uh, I wish this was earlier, or I guess – whatever time it is for everybody else, two o'clock for me. Um, the afternoon game, I'll say that, uh, because I'm going to be wanting to watch the, I'm going to be wanting to focus on the Chiefs game. Nice thing about Sunday ticket. You can obviously be watching multiple games. Um, but yeah, Patriots at Dolphins, Patriots, three point favorites, man. Oh man. What are we going to do here? We have Mac Jones starting. We have the Dolphins who are just looking like they are primed for a run. Oh, I hate this game. This game is always very, very tough. They play each other so well. <sighs> no, no Gilmore for the for the Patriots. He got put on the pup list, so he misses the first six games. That's a big thing. Damn it. Um, I'm going to take the Pat- Patriots. I'm going to take the Patriots. They win by three. They win by a field goal, so they, they cover. Okay, uh, two mismatches out of the last three games that we've talked about. I'm going to take the Dolphins. Uh, I just think that offense is too in sync with two at the helm right now, and their defense is in a better position with everyone pretty much coming back. Uh, Miami, you're bringing everyone back from COVID. It's going to be their first real action in almost an entire season. Uh, excuse me, the New England Patriots, they usually kind of start the season a little slow before things really start to ramp up for them as they all get on the same page and they're ready to rock and roll. I like Mac Jones being the starting quarterback. Again, I just think it's going to be a little bit before he is just very comfortable facing NFL starters uh, on defense. I believe he's still going to be a good leader on this team. I believe he's going to be very poised in the pocket, but I'm not going to be surprised to see some mistakes, if not an interception or two. So I'm going to roll with Miami here. Next matchup to Green Bay Packers traveling to New Orleans to face uh, a new starting quarterback in Jameis Winston um, in New Orleans. They are playing in New Orleans, correct? Or was no, this? They, no, they are playing in Jacksonville. So they are playing on the Jaguars. That's, r- that's where they officially decided. Yep. Okay. Well, good on Jacksonville. That's awesome for them. Uh, Still, though, Packers heading south. They're going to be dealing with the hot weather. They'll be playing outside. The Saints will not get that dome atmosphere. I'm actually going to roll with the Packers, though. I think Aaron Rodgers, not necessarily that he has anything to prove, but he's got some weapons on that offense still. You know, you got Aaron Jones at running back. You got Devontae Adams at receiver. You got Robert Tunyon at tight end. Oh, and uh, you got a pretty good slot receiver that you guys just took um, in the NFL draft in Amari Rodgers. I think he's going to be one of those guys who you can kind of look uh, in terms of a DFS play. I don't know how many reps or looks he's going to get initially, but definitely something to keep an eye on as the season goes because he's going to fill that that Randall Cobb void and role. I know Cobb is back on the team, but he is older. And I think at some point, Amari Rogers is just going to take that over and then just literally run away with it. So I am going to take the Packers to start this week uh, to get the spread and win by four, at least the saints. I'm rooting for Jameis Winston to be good. No idea is my, Michael Thomas isn't playing though. Is he playing? I feel like this is something we haven't heard anything on. No, he, he got put on the pup list. So he's out for the first. Six I knew that. First Excuse weeks. me. So yeah, I'm rolling with the Packers overall. It doesn't even matter if Michael Thomas was going to be playing or not. Yeah. I'm also rolling with the Packers. I'd, um, I think the Packers defense is very, very good. Uh, I think that they're going to cause Jameis to turn the ball over, uh, even for how good he's looked. I'm with you. I also am rooting for him to do very well, but I think the Packers, just the pass rush will get to him. Jair Alexander is going to be able to slow people down. They, they have other, you know, they have, um, Amos at safety. Like they got, they got some studs there. Uh, Savage as well at safety. Like they got some studs on that defensive backs. So, uh, I'm going to take the Packers. Uh, I don't think it's that close of a game. I, I would say a two-score game when it's all said and done. Uh, that heat is going to be a factor, though. I mean, New Orleans, even though they probably practice indoors a lot, and I don't know that for a fact, I would just assume, they're going to be used to that, you know, 
that type of weather. Um, like Jacksonville, like this is the hottest, like three weeks is like first two to two weeks of September, last week of August are like the three hottest weeks of the year for Jacksonville. So it's going to be interesting, interesting to see how that plays out, but, um, yeah, give me the Packers all day on that one. Um, let's move on to the Broncos at the giants, Denver, excuse me, (coughs) um, Denver three point favorites. Um, you betting on football this weekend, you smash this. Like, smash the button as hard as you possibly can. Um, give me the Broncos all day on this. Uh, Giants, just everybody's hurt. Literally everybody. You have Saquon coming off an ACL who was – they were questionable until, like, this week, and they're like, okay, we think he's going to be a full go. But – it's not like he's going to get 25 touches first game off of an ACL. You know, he's going to be limited there. Uh, Evan Ingram, out. Uh, Galladay's missed all of training camp, going to come back. Okay, how many times have we seen somebody come back and in the first series end up, you know, re-aggravating the hamstring? Uh, mm-hmm. Shepard got hurt last week with a leg injury. Sounds like he might play, but still nicked up. I mean, you have Daniel Jones. You have a whole bunch of guys that retired for the giants, their defense just looks, we talked about their defense a lot last year. Like they're solid, but they don't, I feel like it's just like a very bend, but don't break defense. Like, Hey, you can get some yards, but we're not going to be giving up touchdowns. But wonder what, I think that the Broncos offense is going to be able to do it. I think Jerry Judy's going to have a huge game. I think Sutton has a huge game. Uh, give me Javante Williams in this game. They've been they have been praising him up a ton the last like week. Like if you go and look up like what Fangio has said and all that, like I think that Williams might take over that job a lot sooner than I thought. I originally thought it was going to take like halfway through the season. I'm like, shit, it might be like week three or four by the time he like fully takes it over. And he might just start off with a 50, 50 split, like just from the get go. Um, And then the defense is just, this defense is lights out. I mean, this defensive backfield, we've talked about this numerous times because since the Broncos are in your division of the Chiefs, like these DBs are good on this team. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you're getting to face Daniel Jones who turns the ball over a ton. Come on, give me minus three all day. Like I'm shocked that this is not a bigger number. I, I don't know what else I can add. Everything you said is <laughs> spot on. I'm rooting for Daniel Jones and the Giants to be good this year. You're not going to be week one with all these question marks on guys. If they're questionable, you're even going to be playing. I'm rolling with the Broncos as well. Our next matchup, the Chicago Bears traveling to LA to face the Rams, where the Rams are favored by seven and a half. I will also be taking the Rams, but I want this uh, and expect this to be a good game. I think Andy Dalton will be just fine uh, leading this team in terms of passing the football, being efficient, taking care of it, uh, not doing anything too fancy. I think Allen Robinson, excuse me, is going to have a tough day because Jalen Ramsey is most likely going to be covering him. uh, Or if Allen Robinson just tries every bit that he can, golly, excuse me with these hiccups, uh, to avoid him and just stay on the other side of the field, there's a possibility. But Mooney is another one of those receivers for the Bears who I'm expecting to have a big season. And the Bears have just about, you know, two or three tight ends that they can go to. David Montgomery was efficient running the football last year, but the Rams are going to be too much. This is going to be the Matthew Stafford show, him and Bobby Trees, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby. That offense is going to be rolling. You got Sonny Michelle running the ball. You got Daryl Henderson, and not Daryl, excuse me. You got Henderson running the ball. It is Daryl, excuse me, running all over the place with these names, and I'm talking way too fast. I think Daryl Henderson can be efficient for this team as well. That defense is something we talked about all last season. There's just so much talent all over the place. They continue to find guys later in the draft who just step up and do exactly what they need to. I'm a fan of this Rams team. I think they're going to have a great year. I picked them to, to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. This is going to be a fun game, and the Rams are just going to run away with it. This is another double-digit win here in the NFL. Rinse and repeat. <laughs> exactly what you just said. Um, I just don't see a chance. Um, yeah, with the way that Rams play their defense well last year, given they have a new D.C. this year, so it might be different, but like – Jalen didn't Jalen stayed on one side of the field a lot last year. Um, and there's the, like this whole offseason, there's been this huge thing about how Mooney 
burned him once last year, even though it was an mm-hmm. overthrow or like he didn't catch it anyways. But like, that's just been like the bears thing on Twitter to like be tagging Jalen on that. So um, I'm sure Jalen's like, I don't give a shit who I, who I guard. <laughs> um, but they do move Allen Robinson to the slot quite a bit, especially with Nathan Miller no longer there. So I bet that uh, a Rob actually gets a fair amount of free looks on that side, but yeah, this Rams defense, this Rams team in general, it's just too good. So I uh, rinse and repeat. I'll take the Rams as well, even at seven and a half. Uh, moving to Sunday night, or sorry, Monday night, and we have the first NFL game with with people in the stands at the Raider Stadium, which is going to be super exciting. Um, Ravens, what are they? Four and a half point favorites. I mean. They've gotten eaten up by the injury bug already. J.K. Dobbins out. Justice Hill just tore his Achilles. Um, they actually just signed Le'Veon Bell like two or three hours <laughs> ago. So, <laughs> I mean, in the end, it's going to be the Gus Edwards show anyway. So, it's like, it is what it is. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, Don't forget about Sammy Watkins. They do have Sammy Watkins. I know uh, he's a receiver, but still. Yeah, uh, I mean, Hollywood Brown basically missed all of training camp as well. He's just getting back. Man, they have Bateman on the IR or the pup list. They have Boykins on the pup list. Man, they, they're just beat up on that offensive side. Our bet that we have that we haven't talked about on this, this show, uh, we have a side bet, Noah Fant versus Mark Andrews, fantasy points. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling pretty good about that because guess what? Lamar Jackson has nobody else to throw to. Like he's just by default, he has to throw it to Mark Andrews. So, yeah, and a uh, lot of defenses learned last year. That's about the guy he could only throw to, anyways. Um, it is week one. That's the one week that Sammy Watkins owns. If the, if the Raiders know like we need to slow down Mark Andrews, we're used to handling Sammy Watkins in Kansas City. Don't even worry about him. Sammy Watkins is back to being a primary target, and he shows up week one. I'm not saying he's going to have a massive or huge week. But I think he has another one of those weeks where teams are like, man, was Sammy Watkins just being hidden in Kansas City? Was he not getting the right amount of looks? It's like, no, it's just it's week one. He shows out week one is Sammy Watkins week of the NFL season. That's it. Ravens favored by four and a half. I'm taking it. The Raiders, I fear nothing about the Raiders whatsoever. Nothing. He completely got rid of their offensive line uh, this last offseason. The running back, Josh Jacobs, I think he's going to be fine in terms of receivers. Not even worried about it. Darren Waller and Derek Carr will be fine defensively. L-O freaking L. You have Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby. You're fine there as your pass rushers, but nothing to be like, holy shit, we were super scared. They're going to get their sacks, right? They're going to make their plays. Secondary-wise, there's nothing. Linebacker-wise, LOL once again. I'm just laughing at the Raiders. Like, ha, 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 ha. Not even a serious laugh because they don't take you seriously. Not even worried about it. Baltimore wins this game even with all their injuries on the offense. And Josh Jacobs actually has missed the last two days of practice. So that's also interesting. That adds given, to it as well. Given they're probably just playing it safe because they play till Monday. So technically, you know, they're one day behind, right? So did um, you see that, that they happen. released Tanner Muse on his birthday? Yeah. There's like, okay, hey, you're released. And then it's like the team social media posts out happy birthday. Yeah. Yeah. That and hurt. That's that rough. That's hurt. a very that rough look. It is. Uh, he ended up signing with the Seahawks today. So onto their practice. Good for him. Yeah, That's a really sure. good spot for him. For sure. So, okay, cool. Let's move on to our D or sorry. We're, we've kind of named a whole bunch of DFS guys um, already through the episode. Again, we're able to do a, some social media post over the weekend. We'll both probably do like two teams, just some mm-hmm. teams that we like. So just keep an eye on Twitter for that one. Um, let's go into our player prop bets. Uh, Andy Dalton. 235 passing yards over or under on duh. Um, I'm going to, geez, I made up these numbers too. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go Make under it up well. and all right. David Montgomery, 56 <laughs> rushing yards. You going over or under? Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go over on that one. I'm going to go over as well, Dad Gummit. Allen Robinson, 79 receiving yards. I'm going to take the over. Um, 
I also am going to take the over. How'd you make these numbers up and you still ain't and you're still unsure? Matthew Stafford, 280 passing yards. Uh, I'm gonna take the over here as well. I think he has a huge game uh with the Rams in this offense. Everyone's gonna be looking at being like, oh my gosh, these guys are gonna be good. I also am taking the over, so we're four for four of the same, so that's not enjoyable. Uh Daryl Henderson, 54 rushing yards. Under. Okay, we'll go. We'll have different, sir. I'm gonna go over on this one, and you're gonna okay. go under. So, okay, cool. Yep. Cooper Cup, 75 receiving yards. Yep. To end it up, these are our last player prop bets. Cooper Cup is 75 receiving yards. I'm over. going to take the under. Okay, so we're we're different on the last two then. So I went. Oh man, I only went under on one thing. Yikes! I don't like that. But that's hey. tough. <laughs> It is tough. So, okay. So the only difference is, is I have over 54 rushing yards for Daryl Henderson and I have over 75 receiving yards for Cooper cup. And you have under on both of those, everything else is the same. Going to be exciting to see how that all plays out. All right, cool. That does it. Look at that week one preview under way under whatever it's done, whatever. I don't even know what I'm trying to say anymore. I'm just excited. I'm ready for some football. Dude. Me too. A uh, real quick question though about this bet between uh, Noah Fant and uh, Andrews. This is for the whole season, correct? Correct. Full season. Just, who has more fantasy? Barring points? injury. We said as long as none of them missed more than four games. If it's three games or under, bet still on. Okay. That was what we agreed on. That's fair. Yep. Still agreeing with it. Because we can't like be like they can't miss any games because that's just unrealistic. Yeah. So that's fair. So yep. As long as none of them miss three, um, and just <laughs> normal PPR, normal PPR score in there. So yep. Get a point. Love it, dude. Week one football, it's back. This has been an incredible week for me leading up to this. I went and visited family that I haven't got to see in a long time in Idaho. Went back to the homeland. I watched a sister get married with the Tetons as a backdrop. I got to see my guy, Justin Trees, meet his wonderful wife, his hilarious son. Kid's adorable, the cutest smile I've ever seen on a child, and I'm not just being a kiss-ass. This is literally adorable, cutest kid in the world. Week one of football is here. We've already got two great weeks of college football. Now we get week one of NFL. I hope you guys are amped up. Be sure to be following us on social media, talking to football. You can follow me at underscore big country, Justin Treese. It's just at Justin Treese because he's the only one in the whole freaking world. So thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you for joining us for a third season. It's going to be a fun one. And tonight we've been talking football.